Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Hello, everyone. This episode is actually the second part of a recording session, which was wonderful, but went on a little too long. So we split it into two episodes, and there's no drink intros at the beginning of this show. We just jump right into the action. In case we have any new listeners, I wanted to give our standard short recap. So last time on Dungeon Drunks, our heroes head to the house of Olivia Passerac the noblewoman they met a few weeks ago, who has recently moved from Amphail. She's hired the party to help work her Feast of the Moon event, as well as have the opportunity to spend a little more time with Travancore, as they've started to develop a friendship. On the way to her mansion, there is an intense discussion about the recent revelation of the plot to kill Travancore by his cousin. There are concerns and questions about how they are being tracked and what his cousin might do next. But... As they arrive, it's time to set those conversations aside and begin to work the Feast of the Moon. This episode is sponsored by Polymorph Crafts. Visit polymorphcrafts.com to learn about their high-quality, compact, and affordable tabletop accessories. Good day. There's not really a specific job I need. As as you can see, we've, we've got plenty of guards, but... We put out a lot of food and drink for those who are going to be coming to listen to the blood song. And there are going to be people who will drink too much or get belligerent about accepting too much food where we're being much more generous than many of the other houses. And I would like to know that I've got some people who are willing to remove those individuals who are not part of my staff. It's been a while since the Passeracs have had a house here in Waterdeep, and it is very important that not only do I keep the peace, but I don't insult anyone. And if I have hired assistance from professionals, then there is a a one-step distance, and no one can take offense to the Passerac name removing a drunkard. I, I mm. hope you understand. Got it. Got I, it. Ha- yep. I happen to have a suite of non-lethal Means of assistance for that sort of thing. I've got calm emotions. Excellent. So I, I leave it up to you to decide if if this happens, and it may not. We may not have any problems, but and at that point she gets interrupted as a lady approaches in the armor of the house guard for Olivia Passerac. She's a, a tall woman. She's got a full on set of chainmail on. And she approaches and kind of bows to Olivia, who stops herself and says, Marshall, yes. And this woman that has approached said, Ma'am, he still refuses to begin. And nothing I can do short of cutting out his vocal cords and singing myself will get him started. And Olivia... I've already spoken to him. If he's not going to start the blood song, then he needs to return the 300 gold I gave him and get someone else to do it. And she looks at all of you and says, I'm, I'm sorry. This is the herald that we employed to come and sing the blood song of my family is picky has been a term. 
And she looks back at this Marshall and says, Marshall, I, if you need to just throw him out, I'm, I'm tired of this. I will do this if I need to. I've already planned on doing something, but we need to get this started. We're already later than some of the other houses. Miss Pastor, I will be honored to sing the song of your people. God, no. She looks over at you and she says, do you know how to do the blood song? I heard some people on the on the thing where it's like, oh, John begot Catherine, the first daughter of Joseph, etc. So if you just give me the list, I can definitely, I'm very good at projecting. He is loud. If you're, go- if you're, if you're going for loud, Carlton is good at <gasps> Ms. loud. Miss Pastor, if you, I can give you, I can give you a sample. If you just want to give me a couple of the names of what you would like me to say, oh, I will give you a sample and see if I, this would suit you well. I I take this opportunity to yes and Carlton by saying, not a bad idea, but perhaps we as Heralds of Greenness can inspire this Herald to find his better angels through- But we're Heralds. Yeah. Yeah, We're not that kind of Herald. We're like H-A-R-O-L-D. Are you Heralds of Faerun? I did not think you were part of that organization. We are- Uh, Heralds of Greenest. We are Heralds of Greenest. We were so named in uh, in in a battle about a month ago. In fact, by uh, by Governor Tarbot himself. That is impressive, and and she looks at Carlton and says, "If if it comes to it, I will accept you on your offer. But if if we can in some way convince this herald to do his job, it would certainly go a long way to reestablishing us as a regular house here in Waterdeep." And she looks around and points to a figure who is over by the bar, the the buffet. He's on the quote-unquote wrong side. He's on the side that you guys are on, not the side that's been set up to be a buffet. He seems to be human, very tall, dark, scraggly hair. Um, He's wearing these black silk robes with gold embroidery, and he stands out amongst all this either finery or the, the armaments, and she says... That's him, a Karzin Row. He is the herald that I paid 300 gold pieces to. So if you could convince him to actually start doing the blood song, that would be excellent. Okay. Yeah. I have an idea. Yeah. Uh, but let, let's get let's get a read on him first. Sure. Uh, the guard that had been that had delivered this information looks at you and says, "I'll give you a read on him. He's a right asshole." Well, you know, Actually, that's very interesting. I inferred that. But are we doing, like, what is it? I, don't, I can't remember how to do checks anymore. It just came from a different game system. What would you like to know? <laughs> I assume it's a perception check. Is it insight, sort of? More well, than what percep- would you like to know? Kind of like, I don't know, is he looking around the room? Like, does he look like he's... You know, there's people who are, like, just actual finicky artists who are like, I can't do this unless I have 20,000 green M&Ms. And then there's people who are just legitimate assholes that are like, I'm gonna, you know, be in, you know, like, what is motivations? We're looking for motivations for not singing. Like, what's in his demeanor? Is he a prima donna or a straight up antagonist? I mean, I want to try and do the same thing. Read his body language for any kind of clues as to his motivation or his motives or just his his values. Okay. Uh, Most of that sounds like an insight. If you would like, if if you would rather roll a perception check, that'll give you slightly different information. Um, But if you're looking for motives, if you're looking to read into his emotions, that's an insight. So I'll take either. Insight insight. Oh, I'm glad some of you guys did better than me. Not good. Not good. (laughs) 
Yeah. Right, so this guard points this guy out, <laughs> calls Whoa. him a right asshole. God, you all like, turn. I know all. Savant. You all turn to look at him. I want this job, goddammit. Carlton wants to get paid. <laughs> so, well, Carlton, what did you roll and what, what skill did you use? Uh, I'm inciting him for a 22, which is a natural 20. So everybody take a drink of your terrible tasting soda. Drink. <laughs> Wait a minute. That only seems to apply to one of us. Sweetheart time. Yeah, my pyramid is delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan, what did you roll and what did you, what was your skill? Uh, I tried to insight to the tune of 10. And Travancore? Insight, 18. And Bernie? 14. Bernie's also a little inside? preoccupied, yeah. Okay. Jonathan, yeah, there's just a lot going on in this room, and you kind of peer at this guy, and yeah, he just seems like an asshole. Bernie and Travancore, you do notice that he seems like a sourpuss. He's got this permanent, no matter what he eats, he is, he's got this permanent scowl on his face. Uh, several of the guards or the serving people who are coming out who are trying to set up this buffet as he is very clearly bu- violating buffet etiquette where he's eating from the buffet before anyone is supposed to be eating from the buffet. The guards try to stop him and he snaps something at them. You don't quite hear the words, but he he snaps at them and they they back off. The servants kind of walk around him. So... He seems to be in a a foul mood for some reason and seems to at least have enough clout that when they approach him, even the guards are really not able to stop him from uh, serious faux pas. Carlton, you hear or you notice that as he is grabbing food, he's chowing down on it really hardcore. And he seems to be doing it in almost unconsciously in time to the music, which is very upbeat. And every time the music ebbs and flows, it's it gets louder and it gets softer. As it gets louder, he scowls more and grabs more food. Hmm. I, uh, I approach the buffet table. Okay. As would be, you would expect a large man like myself to do. I don't want, to, I want to blend in. I, you know, you don't want to think that I'm just here for the security. And you I, know, will say, I will say with your insight, you do notice that this asshole is the only one eating off of the half-filled buffet table. So I I would say you would notice that eating from the buffet table at this very moment might be noticeable. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, hey, friend, I didn't realize they uh, they opened the buffet just yet. Uh, What's good here? Uh, The human in the the robes glares at you and says, nothing. Nothing is what it should be. Oh, what should it be? It should be quiet and reverent. And he grabs a, a honey mustard eggs and shove it, shoves half a honey mustard egg into his mouth. Right. I was asking what was good, what, what food choices at the buffet were good. <sighs> what's, your, what's your personal favorite here? Anything that I can eat to prevent myself from snapping at more people. Well, oh, because of all the music, right? You want it to be a quiet affair. Yes. D- is this not supposed to be? Am I not supposed to perform in reverential silence? Or or somber music befitting my station and the names I'm supposed to be reciting? I, I mean, I am not really from the area. That's typically how it's done. That's how I've seen it do. But I could tell you one thing. When walking down here, I couldn't tell one blood song performer from another. But if you do something different, like, people are going to be talking your name around town. Like, that guy. That's the guy we want. 
I do not want to be talked around town. I want to do my job and get out of here. It's already an insult that I've been placed on this task at a house that is left and returned. I should be in one of the standard noble houses, not not here, not well, who placed you horse here? breeders. You said you were placed here? Do you work for a company? I am a herald of Faerun. Are you not familiar with my order? And then he kind of gives you a long look, and he looks you up and down, and he goes... No, I suspect you wouldn't be. And he goes back to eating out of the buffet. Is Chad and Claire close enough to hear this exchange yet? Oh, yeah. Okay. You can all, if you all want to walk up with, with Carlton, you can all walk on up. Jonathan the Magimuscular wants to see see about a Herald of Faerun in his, in his mind palace. Bernie wants to use He wants to do a history her, check. Okay, her persuasion. I was about to say, I can't, I can't help you Sherlock this shit. I need to know what you want to uh, do. That so, is a 16. Having thought about the Feast of the Moon for a while, Heralds of Faerun are a society, basically, that are empowered with the records of noble houses and feats of the realms, specifically in uh, the bigger cities, usually by the ruling class. So in this case, it would be the Mass Lords of Waterdeep are helping to put together this society. Uh, you think they're just record keepers? They seem to be glorified record keepers. But, but man, do they glorify themselves. But they super glorify themselves, obviously. And then, I'm sorry, Bernie, you were gonna do something? Well, I feel like Bernie, since she's got some persuasive powers, like, she's, like, hearing what Carlton's trying to do, and she's, like, all about it. And she's she kind of sidles up and, like, grabs a baby carrot from, from one of the place and just, like, starts chomping on it. And she's like, ugh. You know what? Like, totally get where you're coming from. The food's pretty good. The music's pretty. Well, it's something, right? But you got placed here? This wasn't your choice? No. No, it wasn't. Is there someone in upper middle management that doesn't like you? He considers that line of questioning for a moment and says, It's possible. I just assumed it was because I was newer at this and you know we've all but uh, this is my third year i would think that i've got enough clout to be able to not have to deal with unauthorized nobles coming around so here's the thing that i've learned about the uh new gentry they like to throw their weight around and so not singing is like a no-win situation for you but singing and singing in really well is like a super win situation because here's your options the way i see it you maybe are a little newer than you think you are, and maybe they haven't just recognized it yet, and you do a great job here, and they go, man, this Herald's super awesome. Gotta give them better commissions. And that could just be it. And singing really, really, really makes you look good to your bosses, right? You refuse to sing. You get fired from this job, and you make the entire organization look bad. And the thing is, you're only three years in. And do you know what upper management does? They are not going to take responsibility for this. They are going to fire you. Because they love firing the low man on the totem pole and calling it a solution. That is textbook. Trust me, I was given to a temple as a child. I know all about bureaucracy in the private sector. 
The other option is that someone does have it out for you there and they want you to fail here. So if you kick some serious ass at this song and you do it to make Olivia Passer act happy with you, she is going to give you glowing reviews all around town. She might tip you. And yeah, it's not exactly your typical blood song, but who cares? You want to make a name for yourself and you want to stick it to whatever asshole gave you an assignment you don't want. Do you want to prove them right? Go ahead and because Carlton warmed her up for you or warmed him up for you, go ahead and roll a persuasion check with advantage. I've been rolling so shit all night. Nice. Twenty-two. <laughs> oh, and she she has I've more. Bernie I've and got Carlton, more in Carlton here. and Bernie, best friends forever. He still looks disgusted, but he kinda is nodding at your the, the two of you at your logic and he says, Well, but you're absolutely right, but here, the the simple fact of the matter is I'm supposed to start the blood song momentarily, and they're running until the dinner bell. Most of the, the houses around here are only running for an hour. I'm supposed to do this for four. I will lose my voice if I have to shout over these musicians for the whole four hours. That, you know what? I, I can help. That is reasonable. Carl. You is, are not a herald. He's loud. Of he's, greenest. He's very loud. That's a reasonable request. He's also not a herald. No, like, I can help quiet them and be like, ah, and then you, we go in waves. Like, I think I, I think Bernie is on, the music, is on a right you... track, though. I think Bernie might have an idea. I think we just talked to Olivia, because this is the other thing. It is a little unreasonable to be singing for an entire four hours. That's, I mean... Is that physically possible? I'm not sure. My friend over here knows Olivia Passeract personally, and he happens to be very persuasive and very nice, and he's very reasonable. And he'll just explain your situation to Olivia, and what we'll do is we'll put a plate of food aside and we'll just have her do... We'll have her do some kind of weird interlude where everybody takes, like, a snack break, which means you take a break, too. And you'll eat now and have some water, and then you'll eat again. Or have a snack, or have tea. It's tea. Tea with, like, lemon and honey and all that shit in it. We'll get you a break put in there. I mean, There's you spiced guys wine a- right here. I, I, no, I want as much of this as possible. And he takes uh, hmm. his second glass of spiced wine. Being that drunk's probably not a good idea. But you know what? It's The union probably requires a 15-minute break for every four hours worked anyway. Well, I I was going to say, what if you enhanced his voice so he doesn't have to shout? There you go. <laughs> yeah, we get thaumaturgy. Thaumaturgy? Yeah. yeah. How, thaumaturgy lasts about a minute. It's a cantrip. Keep doing it. Bop, yeah. Bop, 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 bop. I Why don't you, if I you can, s- can just convince the musicians to play something softer or to be somewhere else, that's all I need. I, I'm perfectly prepared to do the four hours. She's paid me for the full four hours. How many uh, musicians are there? Just, just there three, are right? three in a band over in the corner. Mandolin, uh, hurdy-gurdy, are, and one more thing? Uh, mandolin, viol, and hurdy-gurdy. And they are, uh, they've moved to, into what sounds like a, a pub drinking song, if you didn't know any better. It's, it's got that... The grass is green, the air is clean, the on my side. I'm going to put my hand on Carson Rose's shoulder this point. I'm going to... I'm going to drop a word on you, and I want you to think about this. And that word is professional. You, I already know it, you are going to be the best herald in this town. You may already be that, because you're going to be the one who can do his job at any time, in any circumstance. We're going to do our level best to get the music to a point where you can do your job properly. The rest is on you. Can I count on you? 
If they are quiet enough for me to do my job, then I'll start right away. I've got the podium set up and everything. So, so what's quiet enough? Does it have to be the exact somber as every other house, or if they take it down like a notch or two notches, would that be enough for you to be able to do your job? I don't care what they play. They can continue to play these body drinking songs for all I care. They just, just a little quieter. need to be quiet. They need to be just out well, of my at way. Like an eleven, and we needed it like six. Is what the I'm hearing. The at an eleven, and I needed it like a one. I got you, buddy. Enjoy the food. I'm gonna go talk to the musicians. He turns back and says, "I I will wait here by the cherries." And he takes a handful of of dried cherries. All right. So I guess I'm walking over. I'm- Shadows come with me. Whoever else wants to tag along. Uh, with you. I'll come with you. I I have I have an idea for backing you up. Okay. All right. You're heading to the musicians. Uh, yes. I feel like Carlton and uh, Bernie. We're gonna go let Olivia know, like, because I feel like she needs to be appraised of the situation. That yeah. it's not such a big deal. Okay. You two head back over to Olivia, Jonathan, and Travancore. You head over to the musicians. They seem to be three or. Yeah, three dwarves, all dark skin, dark, long haired beards. Um, they are grinning with big, wide smiles. They're dressed very nicely, so they, they're they're certainly dressed for the occasion. But they are just having a blast, and and whether they can read the room or not, they're enjoying themselves. And as you guys come on over, the the guy in the hurdy gurdy just keeps cranking away, and he looks over and he says, "Hey." Hey, Travancore, how you guys doing? Okay. You got any requests? Yeah, just one. He keeps going. I'm trying to think of the quietest song that I can think of, like, that those that be played, like, like quieter, like that I know it from favorite. I don't know if I roll a history check or an insight check or whatever that is, given my relative lack of knowledge of this continent. Well, in this case, I will say, like most things in D&D, whatever you say is true. Think of a name of a song. What's the quietest song you know, Travancore? Tale as old as time. <laughs> oh. Somewhere out there <laughs> beneath the pale moonlight. It is the Festival of the Moon. There is a, there's a jaunty tune that I heard by, uh, by four um, off-city bards. Um, they call themselves the Highwaymen. And the, song, the name of the song is Highwaymen. Do you guys know that one? Yeah, I don't know if I know that one. Is it a drinking song? It, it can be, but it, it, it's such a deceptive drinking song in that it sounds like it's a little more somber and a bit quieter, but really there's some deep drinking emotions on there. The real bonds of friendship forged this taverns. I know you gentlemen have, have experienced this before, as I've experienced it, where it's quiet, it's somber, it's deep, but it's also... Just the strength of, of ro- the raw power of really smooth music. It sounds awesome. When we're done here, you gotta you gotta sing it for us. <laughs> and they keep playing. They're just cranking away. No, no, no. I'm just saying you might have to be a little, a uh, little bit more direct. And uh, and I ready to do something if Travancore fails. Okay. <laughs> yep. And other thing. I'm a friend of Lady Passeract. Actually, I'm 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 invited by her. Ah, she uh, you know there, you know how these things go. Like you've you've been to these uh these ceremonies on the thirty first of Uktar. You know that they no, the, this is the, the first time. Usually oh. bands like us, we don't get we don't get hired for these gigs. So, they want all the really boring people. Just so you know, <laughs> and I think Lydia, Olivia is a, an innovator in that she's bringing in like exciting things. History is a living thing. It comes alive. It exists because we exist. We reinterpret it every generation. 
So we need something a little more than the boring, ordinary stuff, but we still need it at a level where the Herald's able to do his job, and the way you guys are playing, they're not going to be able to hear this poor guy. He, he's, he's crying over there. We tried to talk him down. If you could play a little softer so he could do his job and read the stories and stuff, that's, that would be a huge help for all of us. And we could play as loud as you want. We'll invite you over to our tavern. You play all through the <laughs> night as loud as you want, because I'm ready to rock out. He looks around at the the grand hall that you guys are in, and while there are tapestries hung and there are carpets on the floor, the vast majority of this place is stone. It's stone and wood, and it's very echoey. And he looks at you and he says, well, we can we can play a lot quieter, but we're still going to be super duper loud. I mean, that's that's what the lady wanted. She wanted upbeat and she was all about like doing the fun stuff and not not you know celebrating instead of mourning. I think were the the, the words. So, I mean, really, if you want if you want to be able to do anything except yell over us, you we're going to have to go somewhere else. Hmm. All right. I, just I, I, I turn around to Jonathan uh, as if to say a little help. And they're still grinning at you. Are you like, sure? They haven't taken offense to anything, but they're like, hey! Okay. I, I say in Draconic to him because it's a language that only him and I understand. Do what you gotta do, bud. Alright. Describe... Okay, the area around around us. I, I, Jonathan the Magimuscular takes a step back such that the immediate area in front of Travancore is Travancore, these three dwarves, and... A wall. It is the wall of the side of the house with, um, they're almost in a little bit of an alcove, like a five foot alcove in the wall. Like you would put, um, like a more standard house would put a, some form of pottery or a potted plant or something. So they've just kind of been in this little nook in a couple of chairs, but they're essentially up against the wall. So. And above you is a very large tapestry. All right. I want to insight and see if they are telling the truth that uh that olivia pastorac wanted them to play it the fuck up or do sure. i know do i know that that that's what she said sure uh that is gonna be an 18 not only do they seem to be honest about this but you would figure if they were doing something that pat olivia pastorac didn't want them to do she's standing right over there she would just walk on over and say something excuse me for a second i go over to the lady pastorac Okay, you're going to walk on over in a moment as uh, Bernie and Carlton, you went directly there. You can overhear as you approach, Lady Olivia Pasrak is now talking with another gentleman, a much older human in very fine blue and gold robes and a very ostentatiously elaborate nobleman. He's got a, a big bushy white beard and is practically bald on top, a multitude of jewelry. He's looking around. He's got kind of a, a, a weird smile on his face and you overhear him saying, it's been a while since I have been to a, any party that has been this fantastic and certainly not a blood song that's had this much livelihood. And you two approach. Olivia! <laughs> Lady Passer Act. Olivia. Yes. I think Any we, luck? Yeah, your problem has a very simple solution. Okay. The music's just a little too loud. It is loud, but I wanted this to be a celebration. I'm, I'm so annoyed by the the stately airs that everybody must put on. I wanted this to be, I wanted this to be a a joyful remembrance of my family. I wanted it to be 
filled with love and joy and not... I did not want another funeral. We've already had a funeral for these people. I want the liveliness. A celebration of life. Yeah, exactly. exactly. perfectly reasonable. Did you have a one-on-one conversation with the Herald about this? I told him that this music would be going on, and he assured me that he could sing over anything. But I'm thinking now that maybe he did not either believe me or understand what I was doing. Probably a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. The way you put it to us is pretty great. The idea that you want it to be a celebration of their life. I don't think his vocal cords are magic. I think he can sing at a volume he can sing at. And he also did make a pretty good point. This is going to go on longer than any other house today. So he can sing loud for a little bit of time. Or he can sing everybody's voice for the four hours you hired him for. He would like to do his job. And I understand that you don't, we're not going to be kicking anybody out today, and I don't want to push this off on you because I imagine this is pretty stressful, but this is your vision for your party. And maybe you should just go talk to the Herald and tell him that the music's going to be upbeat. It doesn't, it can still be upbeat and not literally drown the whole place out. And then you should go talk to musicians. Maybe bring the Herald with you. Find a compromise together. Like, this is your party, and we might mess it up trying, or we might get a result that you don't like. Well, do you have a suggestion about a compromise? I've been trying to get him to to agree to do this. I've been trying to move where his podium is. And Jonathan, at this no, point, you're but starting you, like, to walk up. Talk to him personally? Like, yes. not since, a, and he hasn't told you any of this. He just said that he refused to perform while there was such music about. And that's that's when I sent my marshal, because I thought maybe there are some men who will not take a lady of the house very seriously, but will take a swordsman much more seriously. He'll take the money seriously and his reputation seriously. Get the Herald. Bring him over to the musicians. Tell the musicians you do like upbeat music, but in order for everybody to hear the Herald... They have to play a little softer because, I don't know, I, our friend's coming up. He's been talking to the musicians. Maybe he can fill you in. Yes. Oh, I was going to put them to sleep, but it sounds like that's not a good idea. <laughs> uh, no. 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 I've that's paid why them I... also very good money, and I like their music. I would appreciate it if we could keep the music going. But That is fine. Look, I think we're, I think we're just going to have to turn up the volume on the Herald. Bernie, I think you got that. Look, Olivia, I like you a lot, and I have no clue how much you're paying us to be here if you're paying us to be here. But turning up the volume on the Herald requires me casting a spell every single minute for 240 minutes. No, that's not. When will you eat? That's a really good question. I'll feed you, Bernie. There is only so quiet that we can make the band. Can we... Yes, and Travancore, if you've wanted to approach at this point. Yeah, I have it, and I'm actually going to be like... I'm I'm still with the musicians. I just thought of the idea, Eureka. So it's like, guys, I got a thing I want you to try. You're gonna play like this awesome riff, down 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 down, and you're gonna stop for like a second or two so that I can say something, and then you're gonna play the same riff again, and then after four times, you'll go into like a down 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 down. It'll rock. The guy can do his job. Everybody's happy. It's still upbeat. He's still able to do his stuff. I think this is a win-win. What do you guys say? Want, want to try it with me? 
I'm tempted to have you roll a persuasion check, but these dwarves are having so much fun and you're the first people to engage with them and be happy about it that they're like, yeah, sure, whatever, whatever you need. And you, okay. all right, what do so, you need? So I'm going to my name is Travancore. I'm the Viceroy Glenmore, but I want more. I was in Amphil, but now I'm back. To see Lady Olivia Passerac. And then you go into. Wow. That rhyme. Man, are you a bard? That was really good. And they like immediately transition back into some of their upbeat music. In fact, Mom burned my instruments to make sure I never became a bard. She wanted to be a doctor. But that's a story for another time that we're going to have to tell because I've mentioned that more than twice at this point. But <laughs> if you could do that for the for the herald, like so he could do his thing, then this would rock, and it would be still in the continuity tradition of what they're trying to do. And he will not want to sulk anymore. And Lady Olivia will be happy, and I'll be happy, and he'll be happy, and you guys will be happy because you rock. And you'll get to come over to our house, and I'll hire you to play at our tavern at the end of the day if we're able to make hey, this work. Listen, if he's as awesome as you are at singing along, yeah, sure, we'll do it. Why not? All right, let me let me see if I can get. If I could have everyone's attention, please. And I guess everyone turns around. The musicians around. keep yeah. playing, but yeah. they do get a tiny bit softer. Okay. I'd like to invite a certain awesome herald, and from one herald of different kind to another, my herald from another... Merald? I'd like to invite Cars and Row. Come on down. I'm trying to get uh, them It's, it's Ekar Zinro. Ekar Zinro? Oh. Well, what? Ekar... At Carson. Zinro. At Carson. I missed yeah. the at part. All right. My bad. At right, Carson right. Row. Come on down. He's in the middle of like, he's got a, a big roll in his hand and is slathering it in whipped butter and honey. And as you say that, everyone looks to him and he kind of looks up at you. He stuffs it in his mouth, yeah. puts down the and knife, I and comes the words, walking on over. Professional to him. He comes walking on over stiffly. Uh, the musicians are still playing. He gets very close to you, and he says, what do you think you are doing? We figured out a way to make everybody happy, or at least get through the next four hours. So what you're going to do is you're going to read a line of the family history, and then they're going to play a rock and riff. And then you're going to read another line. And they're going to play a rock and riff. And it's going to proceed in this fashion. I think this is the best thing we can hope for. Remember, if you can survive this, they're going to be talking about the man who was able to adapt and survive. And if there are new nobles coming here, there'll be other people other than Lady Liver Passeract who want this new style. Your, 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 your talents, my friend, will be in demand. And you will be legend. Are you ready to be legend? This is highly unorthodox. And he looks over at the band, he looks over at you, and he says, and they really can keep this up for four hours. Yeah. yeah they could probably keep this up forever if we're being yeah, honest. Dude, those guys are, they don't have batteries here. They don't have batteries in my home either. Crap. Um, yeah, nope, nope. No, they don't have either. Uh, they, they have some sort of, like, I don't know if they're automatons where they just don't run out of energy. They're indefatigable. That's the word I'm looking for. They're indefatigable. They're indefatigable. Damn it, Jack. Use simple words next time. Got those $5 well, words. Go ahead and roll me a persuasion check. All right. Well, Detective Travancore persuades. Or doesn't. Let's see. Oh, 19. Mm. All right. 19 total? Luck, lucky, lucky Jack. Yeah, 19 total. He gives you a curious look. He looks back over at where Bernie and Carlton were uh, kind of considering all of your arguments together. He gives this distasteful look back to the band and says, 
Is this something... <clears throat> is this something you think you could do? And the guy in the hurdy-gurdy is just like, Oh man, we could do it all day! And then they stop. And there's this moment of quiet. And the herald kind of straightens a little bit and goes, <clears throat> Vargas and Sippos pass a rack. Son in Riley, daughter in Cernay. And then at that point, like, he can't stop. Like, it started, and he just, he pulled, he's pulled out this little book and has started to read from it. And it's it's going. It's going. It's There's happening. nothing you can do to stop it. This is the Viceroy of Glenmore. Uh, this is something I'm saying is Jack, the player, not Travancore, the Viceroy of Glenmore. This okay. is the Viceroy of Glenmore's greatest victory. I killed Wendergod, and I'm more proud of this. Oh, of course. That's you pretty are. Crazy. Yeah. Jonathan the really Muscular actually comes up to Travancore and gives him a pat on the back, like, hey, that's way better than me. Totally <laughs> fucking up everything. Oh, 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 oh. I was this close to putting all of them to sleep. I was just telling Bernie about how I shouldn't be wasting spell slots, and I was going to blow a fourth level spell to put all those fuckers to sleep. We want to thank Polymorph Crafts for sponsoring this episode. Polymorph Crafts offers stylish and affordable ways to carry everything you need to game day and stay organized at the table. Their Mimic Chest starts life as a compact wood chest that converts into a dice tower and tray, dice and pen vaults, card stands, a coaster, and plenty of room to carry minis and more. Over 230 tiny magnets in each Mimic Chest make assembly a breeze and come in three affordable price points with lots of customizable options. So check out polymorphcrafts.com and follow them on Twitter and Instagram at polymorphcrafts. That's polymorphcrafts.com. The wonderful folks behind Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms has given us a code for a free gold chest in their game. What's Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms? Well, it's an officially licensed D&D Idle Quicker game that you can download and play on your PC via Steam. I've been playing it for a while now, and trust me, it's loads of fun. I usually have it running while I'm editing the audio for our episode. So I'm really excited that we have this offer for our listeners. Gold chests contain five cards from uncommon to rare rarity and give you buffs and sometimes equipment for your champions. Now this code expires on February 25th, 2018 at 9 p.m. Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem once this episode is posted. So open up your game, head to the shop, and type in this code. R-Y-E-S-B-O-L-E-K-I-B-E-L-A-R-N. So use that code, and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. As you guys are chatting, as as the buffet is finished being laid out, you see now there are people entering from the front doors as it seems like the blood song, however unconventional it is, has begun. And the guards are allowing people to enter. And you see that there are people of all walks of life, just like what you noticed out on the street, who are filing in. They are nodding in what seems to be a very regal way, although they're giving the Herald a very confused look. 
But as they make their way down the buffet, picking and choosing and eating as they go, a lot of them seem to be bopping their head. The musicians are kind of picking up what the Herald is putting down and is starting to mix up the chord changes. They're shortening it a little bit, realizing how long and how many descendants this guy has to go through. Bernie, roll a perception check for me. Okay. So 23. They're... Amongst the people in the back of the house, essentially the the people who are the invited guests and not the people who are just off the street, you do finally notice there there is someone staring at you very intently, and you're a little surprised to see standing along the side, grinning and sipping a spiced wine, Jester Tea Leaf. <gasps> um, Bernie's gonna give him like a the little like head nod. He gives you a head nod back, and then he like looks away from you. She's going to, she's going to do what you do at a party when you've got a crush on someone and you want to go talk to them, but you don't want other people to know. And so she's going to kind of like, she's going to wander through the crowd in a way that looks like she's like aimlessly wandering. She's going to like pick up a drink and drink it and grab some food, but she's going to eventually make her way over there. Okay. While she does this ambling towards Joster Tealeaf, what would the rest of you like to do? I'm going to go check on Lady Olivia, see how she's doing. <laughs> uh, now that the Herald has started her song, she is grinning, although she's still talking with this other lord, and the two of them are having uh, kind of a rather boring conversation. Jonathan, what are you doing? Uh, I feel kind of bad that I was about to fuck everything up so hard. Um, so That's what friends are for. <laughs> I, I'm going to... Hmm. I'm going to kind of... I'm, I'm going to socialize for a bit. Jonathan the Mad Muscular is going to socialize for a bit, and then at a at a nice kind of like break in the in the uh, conversation, he's going to wander into a corner. He's going to figure that he saved himself from casting a fourth level spell, so blowing a third level spell now probably wouldn't be a bad idea. He thinks to himself, sending to Dorveen, and Wait, says, "Wait, hold on." Hold on. <laughs> I would assume at this point all of you have maybe had a little bit of spiced wine, but not very much. Bernie's it's not been, been that drinking long. a little bit more than she should. Uh, I mean, is that something to assume? Can I can I roll a, a drunk check to see just how much John I'm willing to put this up to chance with maybe a modifier? I'm gonna say at this point, unless you've been double fisting, no, not yet. <laughs> okay. This is spiced wine. This isn't like hard you're not drinking whiskey. Also, so, also we're not, not just yet. Yeah, we're not gonna I, or Jonathan the Med Muscular is not gonna get like sloppy drunk at this because we're yeah. kinda working. But he's feeling okay. So he's gonna he's gonna send a message to Ravine. Hey Ravine. Okay, as you compose that. Okay. I'll I'll give you a second to compose that. Carlton, what are you doing? Buffet. Buffet. <laughs> All right. Very succinct. Um, you step up to the buffet, and once again, you're on the, the quote unquote wrong side. But you do notice that as you approach, one of the servants is very quick to to motion towards you. And essentially, you are ushered into the line. And so you're kind of allowed to get into the line, go through the buffet, and then get back out behind into the into the invited guest area, into the VIP area. So yeah. You can you can start the to do plate that is like circuit. precariously balanced. Like there I'm isn't, that guy at the buffet. You are the guy like supposed to be kicking out. There actually yes. isn't any plates, so your face has that much food in it. It seems like as you go through, it seems like the people that are coming through, it is kind of a they grab a few things to put in their hands. Oh, it's like a tapas. It is. It is not 
the kind of thing in where you're loading up on a giant platter. The ant you don't like is not coming, taking a plate and leaving is what I'm hearing. Yeah, well, then I'll, I'll, I'll take handfuls, which are still a decent amount for oh, me. Oh, yeah. And then I make sure, like, I find, like, the, the little meats, like, the little Vienna sausages that they have or whatever. Absolutely. And I, like, I go, whoops, and I, like, drop it in the in the Bernie basket. But every time I do, I go, whoops. Roll a sleight of hand check. <laughs> How have you this an accident? Uh, sleight of hand, 17. That's decent. Uh, yeah, the first good. one you do, it manages to land right in the basket, and you hear Blue in the back who is not trying to be quiet at all, but fortunately the the Herald and his backup band now are are filling the hall. And so <laughs> while you can hear Blue every time you put something in there, doesn't seem like anyone else can. You go through the line, you are ushered back out as a quote unquote invited guest. As you do that, Jonathan, what was the message you're sending to Dorveen? Hey Dorveen, hopefully things are going well. Going dark for a bit. Things have gotten dangerous. We'll contact when able. Love, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Aw. You get a message back immediately that says, Going dark. Why? Why are you going dark? What is it that you're not telling? If you are in danger, then telling me will help. As you get this back, uh, Bernie. <laughs> God damn it. As as you ponder that, Bernie, <laughs> you finally awkwardly make yourself make your way over to Jester Tealeaf, who has been continuing to sip on this mulled wine. He looks over at you and he says, "Ah, I see you've you've managed to figure out what's going on with the Herald and and his backup group. That that was interesting. Your friend Travancore got that all sorted out very nicely. Travancore has some hidden talents that occasionally unhide themselves." And then he puts them away very quickly. And that's yeah, he'd make a good he'd make a good thief that way. That's the that's the way you want to do it. You don't want to attract a lot of attention. Well, I mean, this one is rather attention getting. But uh, speaking of which, are you here? Uh, you here personally or professionally, friend? Well, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Invited guest by the Lady Olivia Passerac, but I'll say that I'm here on her request after a professional favor was done. Oh, you know, actually, we sort of are too. I'm a glorified bouncer for the buffet, though I may have to, unfortunately... Bounce my own <laughs> colleague. He keeps eating that way. I may Carlton, have to. You're in your third time through the buffet at this point. Roll me a sleight of hand check. <laughs> uh, again, Sweet. a 17. Yeah. Uh, Bernie, roll a perception check. 20. Natural 20. Oh, Carlton, dang. the people around you. Yeah. The people around you don't notice, but Bernie, as you look on over, you very clearly see, as Carlton is on his third way through, that, yeah, he's taking a handful of food, and somehow a, a little bit of roasted duck always seems to end up in that basket. I think Bernie also knew that was going to happen before going yeah. to this party. Yeah, you guys are also, like, 50 feet away no, from each looks, other at this point. Bernie looks at Carlton and looks over at Joster and just, like, raises an eyebrow and makes a sips tea face. And then I wait back at Bernie. You can't see me. Oh, I You're, thought you said Raising no, the eyebrow to me. Okay. She's raising gotcha. the eyebrow at Joster because he knows exactly what she means without saying it. Gotcha. Joster follows your gaze, laughs, 
and says, Huh, what's he feeding in the basket? Well, <laughs> that is a, you know, it's, it's got a simple answer, but it's also got a complicated answer, which I think is pretty much the story of our entire lives. A dire wolf that is also his brother, cousin, not sure. He's had several parents. He was raised by wolves for a while. We're still trying to figure this one out, if I'm honest. Why does none of that surprise me? And he looks, he kind of gives you all looks. He looks at Shadow, he looks at Coco Snoot, and he says, You guys like your animals, do you? We, mm, yes, very much so. Actually, in, while we're on the subject of endeavoring to surprise you, hmm, I think I might be able to do that. Ah, a challenge. I enjoy this. Surprise me, little one. <laughs> and he uh, said that you remember that Joster is a halfling. He's pretty much the same size she, as you. Yeah, that's why she's chuckling. Yeah. <laughs> um, you ever think about giving lessons? Giving lessons? What would I teach? Well, I imagine someone like you has a certain skill set or knows people who do. In our line of work, we encounter locked doors. Ah, that skill set. Roll per a persuasion check. And as you do that, Travancore, uh, you've now stood making idle small talk with Lady Olivia Passerak and this older gentleman that she's been talking to that you learn is Lord Olaf Relnin. And Lord Olaf Relnin is an amicable sort. And what you learn is that he's her neighbor, a widower, and is basically there out of boredom. And his entire portion of the conversation so far has been cheekily pointing out how not standard this blood song is for anyone. And it's also kind of obvious that Lady Olivia Passerac is humoring him because that's what you do. And she is in the process of saying, well, yes, I, I do understand, but that's the reason that I've got some of the extra security that I do. And I wanted something non-standard. I wanted something that made a splash. And she looks over at you, Travancore, and says, what did you think so far of, of the festivities, as it were? Although you've made them even more interesting than even I could imagine. Well, I have no frame of reference. I'm flat from around here. But from what I heard walking over here and what I saw here, it's different. But different's good. Sometimes new is best. Sometimes you need to mix things up a little bit. I mean, I guess that's why I'm miles and miles away from furlongs or kilometers or whatever unit of measure they use in D&D, said Jack. <laughs> and Lord Olaf speaks up and says, well, it is very different, that is sure, but you're going to raise a lot of eyebrows being reacquainted, reintroduced, and then coming right back. This is going to be very odd, you know. It might be that those eyebrows have been static for too long. I don't know why, but he just thinks to give a wink to Lady Libby. She gives a little nod to you and looks back at Lord Olaf and says, I, I'm i okay with that. I'm not a masked lord. What do I care what the other lords think? I have my own agenda. Uh, Bernie, what was your role? My role was a 16. Uh, Josser Tealeaf raises an eyebrow to you and says, Oh, that's a interesting ass you've got there. That's a lot of presumption. And what makes you think that that's something that I could teach you? Look, 
It's obviously not something that comes naturally, or I guess to a degree it is. But if you can't do it, I can find someone who can. Ah, that's, that may be absolutely true, but the question is, anyone who has that skill, are they going to teach you? Because I don't know if you've noticed, but that's the kind of skill that the people who know it, they like to keep quiet. They like to be discreet about those kind of skills. And he looks around, and he looks at some of the, the guarded doors and the stairway in the back of the hall that has a few guards on it. That's obviously like the, the roped off, no, this is not where the party goers go. And he says, it's the kind of thing that you don't say out loud in the middle of, of inns and loud taverns, if, you know, I may say so. No, I mean, I suppose not. But then again, we're not the kind of people anybody really pays attention to, are we? I don't know about that. Certainly, the reason that I'm here is because she came to come see you the same time I did. And he motions over towards Olivia Passerac and says, It was a chance meeting, but it was a fruitful one, I'll say that. Tell me, so you want to learn how to get places to bring your adventuring party with you. You and your fate changers. You want to do do good things and discover evil deeds, do you? That's a very black and white view of the world, and not one I really expected you to have. I don't have it. I'm asking you. You know, life's a little gray. That's a good answer. I like that. What are you willing to do to learn these skills to get where you need to go? I've got a moral compass, I won't lie. It points directions. It's more about what I'm not willing to do, and I'll let you know if we hit that point. Mm, let's talk a little more details, because the last thing I need to do is be blundering into something you're not willing to do, not knowing that I'm going down the wrong path. That's true. I'll give you your first lesson, even though you haven't even paid me anything yet. And oh, yes, we'll be talking about payment. But the most important thing about going where you're not supposed to go is knowing where you want to go first. That is something I've known for a while. Hey, Jonathan. Yo. You've gotten this message from Dorveen. Is there anything else you would like to do? Yes. Yeah. Cast another sending. Yes. <sighs> I know. It's Okay. <laughs> So this Remember one says this moment for the next so lecture. Whipped. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Yeah, the next time he gets down on one knee like Bernie's a child and tries to explain the world to her, and she <laughs> smiles was being politely black back at him. Well, you he see, Slugger, like, said Jim Dial to Murphy Brown. That is not the intention I, at all. <laughs> didn't even get a friggin' soft serve and some pizza out of that. <laughs> we'll go uh, to McDonald's on the way back, okay? <laughs> I'm not going to say we have food at home in this case. We're going to go to fucking McDonald's. Well, anyway. <laughs> We do have cucumbers at home? I don't know, but uh, anyway, so I do send one more sending, and it says, uh, Travancore is in semi-immediate danger, and spell slots need to be conserved. So, as much as I love messaging you for the interests of security, I have to hold on to these. But, working on getting to Greenest ASAP. Love Jonathan the Magimasco. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was more than the allotted number so of I was like, letters. Love Jonathan the, the, the but... 
<laughs> all, <laughs> all a briefs. <laughs> <laughs> you do that thing on Twitter where you put a, an image in at the end that yeah. actually just has more text. Heart emoji. <laughs> you pretty immediately get a message back from Dorveen that says, Well, stay safe and let me know if there's anything I can do. But my resources are limited. I'm far away and I have my own things to deal with. So I will see you soon. All right. Carlton, as you are through your sixth trip through the... (laughs) Are you just like quality control at this point? Yeah. Uh, You know how like royal courts, they have to have the taster to make sure nobody's trying to poison the king? Sure. (laughs) I'm making sure nobody poisons our queen. Uh, Carlton, uh, roll a perception check. Perception, sure. Funk. Uh, uh, twelve. As you're at, actually, that's that's just just fine because this is your sixth trip through. <laughs> As you're at the cheeses, which is one of your favorite places to be. Oh, oh, I love God, the cheeses. It the is che- everyone's oh, the cheese favorite place to be. Amazing. You notice that the last couple of times that you've come through, so you get to basically cut the line. So you've been going through quite a few times. <laughs> Because, you know, you're you're in the VIP section. So you go through and then you finish whatever you're eating, you go through. As you are gathering up some cheeses, you do notice that the gentleman behind you is the same gentleman who's been behind you like two or three times. Not in a row, but obviously you're not the only one who is like getting through the line and then get, getting back into the line and then getting into the line. And as you gather up some cheeses, the gentleman notices you noticing him. He's a kind of an older grizzled guy. Looks like he's got coal or dirt or something on his hands. It looks like he's been working for most of the the morning and has come. And this is his third or fourth time through the line. He looks at you and he says, keep moving. Keep moving. I know the chartoucherie here is amazing. I never get this kind of stuff. Are you going to feed Blue again? Nah, I don't want to give blue cheese because I do not want to have to deal with the puppy farts. Well, no, I mean like anything. You're you're passing by the cheese now. You just notice this okay. at the cheese platter. Like there's. Of course, all... I'm gonna I'm gonna throw him another Vienna sausage. Okay, you're gonna throw him another Neverwinter sausage. Yep, another Never Neverwinter Winter. sausage, but only twelve this time. I got distracted by the guy telling me to keep moving. Yeah. Uh. Mm. I don't like that noise. You hear this guy behind you say, "Hey, what you got in the basket?" And then you feel him like bodily grab the basket. Whoa, 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 whoa friend. No. Ah, I just want to see. Come on. No, and he's I will pulling down. You. I will ah, escort yeah. you from the premises. Yeah, you escort me. You, all you're doing is eating. Come on. Just let me see what's in the basket. He starts right. to pull the basket and down. And I, like, I, I do this, the hand signal, and I like grab him by the scruff. I'm like, all right, let's go, buddy. Hey. I have his operational security. Hey, what are you doing? No, you can't. Uh, go ahead and make a strength check to try to grapple this guy. Strength check. 25 with a natural Jesus. 20. Well, there you go. Jesus. Literally pick this man up. He tries to push out of the way, out of your way, and just, like, stay in line. But you grab him and start to drag him out towards the door. The other Passerac guards seem perfectly content to, like, push people out of the way so that you can get out the door. This is what I was hired to do. As, uh, are you just gonna, are you gonna bring him outside? What are you gonna do with him? You've got him. Uh, I'm gonna set him outside. I'm like, hey, buddy, I gave you the chance. I, like I said, I was here for security. Yeah, stepped out of line. Uh, you're gonna have to, uh, come back another day. Uh, as you let go of him, he stumbles a little bit and he goes, fine. I don't want to be hanging out listening to a, a bitch like that tout her noble creds. Anyway, tell her, tell her that she's, she's not anyone who's supposed to be here. And he kind of And who should I say off. is sending her this message? He's started to drunkenly wander down the street. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to relay the message without a name. Anything else you would guys would like to do? Nope, my ploy to find the idiots in the buffet line worked. 
Bernie has one last thing she wants to say to Joster. Yes. Um. So before, like, before they like part, because she's like gonna like notice that Carlton's doing this, and she's like counting the time. She's been like mentally like counting how long Carlton's been at the buffet, and she's like, yeah, I gotta intervene. She's like looking around. Jonathan's in the corner, like she she knows his sexting face. Yeah, all no- all of you will notice Carlton doing that. <laughs> she's like, that's what he looks like. She's like, that's the like the like the scrunched up like. He's like yeah. counting words. He looks like he's he looks like he's like count. He looks like he's kind of doing some kind of weird, beautiful mind thing. But it's fine. And so she's like sighing. She's like, while we're on the subject of payment, hmm, these lessons are for me. I can't pay you with anything that costs my companion or compromises their safety. Do you have gold? I've got gold. Yeah, that's all I need. What I, what kind of favors are you talking about? I'm not that kind of man. Good to know. Uh, she's <laughs> she's members of he the gives you he gives you like a side-eyed look and then he kind of chuckles a little bit and he says no 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 i'm not no it doesn't do me any good to get you all killed i'm not looking for favors I'm, I'm just looking for gold but i just need to know that this is the kind of thing you don't you know tell people about i mean you tell your friends i understand it'd be weird for you to suddenly show up in the next time you go crawling around in the underdark and can suddenly have all the tools to do all of this, but you 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 be a little more quiet about me and my associates. You understand? Of course. Um, she's gonna lift her glass, drain it, and walk over towards the buffet in order so that uh, she can uh, intercept Carlton when he gets back from escorting this guy out. How about how about the rest of you? I'm gonna say, oh, Lady Olivia, there was one security matter I need to discuss. If you'll excuse me, I, I don't know if the other guy is still there or not. No, but, like, in the moment that it's taken Carlton to take care of this, you notice him doing it, and by the time you extract yourselves from your uh, messaging or chat, the it's over. He's coming back in, wiping his hands. Okay. Now, I just want to talk to Olivia, like, in private. I was using the uh, the whole, I did, like, Operation Security thing to sort of get her away from this guy in case she was bored to death by <laughs> listening to this dude. She hears you, uh, like, it's obvious she gets it. She yeah. says... Yes, why don't we chat a little bit? I also, I need to eat something. I have a, a, a presentation a little later. And so, uh, my lord, if you will excuse us. And she'll walk with you towards the buffet. Uh, Jonathan, how about you? Uh, so I finish my sending. I kind of straighten myself and I grab a, I, I do double fist a uh, spice wine. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm not going to be much good. After that, those double sendings, and I already took my fireball shot for double sendings. It's like, <clears throat> okay, better double fist it, and I double fist some spiced wine. Okay. We're the best at getting paid to do jobs, guys. The best. <laughs> Travancore. So as the afternoon progresses and the hours oh, go shit. by. The afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Day drinking. Okay. You guys knew, remember? No, I do hey. now. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. This is an after like four hours. Remember the Herald said that he had to do this for four hours. You were told. Right, right. Lunch I, till Okay. Yeah. Um so yeah, Jonathan the Metrobox killer continues his drinking plan. Good Jonathan, give me a constitution saving throw while Travancore, is there anything like think for a moment about what you want to talk to Olivia Pastor do about? Do I get to use my warcaster feet? Are you casting spells while you're drinking? You do have the flavor favorite cloak, don't you? I do. Oh, right. I do. I always forget about that. I'm glad I do. <laughs> Hold on. The favorite cloak. The favorite cloak oh, okay. glows. Yes. <laughs> What'd you get? Soft 20. You're tipsy, but you're still able to 
uh, stay upright and do your job. And throughout the afternoon, there's a couple other revelers who basically have the same thing that, that Carlton had to deal with. People who are just a little too belligerent about the amount of food or drink that they're allowed to have. They immediately chafe at being told they can't get into the line. You know, they can't cut the line or whatever um, and are, need to be removed from the premises. But nothing that any of you can't deal with. As dinner approaches, the food switches over to a few more hot dishes. The servants are continuously bringing out stuff. Uh, Travancore, as Lady Olivia is finishing up. She's eaten. You guys have been drinking and chatting, and she's told you that she's planning on delivering her own bit of the blood song in a little bit. And uh, did you want to chat with her before she's got to go do that? Um. Yeah, I just want to say, hey, I know you're not super concerned about the way you're perceived here, but I'm, I'm hoping that the way I, the compromise I was able to draw for, for the Herald and for the band was, was acceptable. I appreciate it. It's I'm not going to be able to do that myself. I'm not nearly as as eloquent as any of them, but I do I do appreciate the ingenuity. And as the hours have gone on, the Herald despite himself has seemed to get into it and has started <laughs> to get into the rhythm of the whole thing. You can still tell that every once in a while he's a little annoyed, but yeah. It, it seems to be going well. And Lady Passerac says, once I give the speech, we'll be finishing up here and then we'll be closing up. But I would like to have a chance to chat with you about some of the some of the questions that I've had. Maybe not tonight, but soon. You know, questions about why your friend is a brother to a dire wolf. Questions about why you are so interested in what's going on under the bloody fifth questions about anything really after a second travancore responds as you can imagine i've got some business to attend to myself and i know you're busy setting stuff up here when the moment presents itself i'm happy to answer any questions you have maybe we'll have to make the moment present itself i'd like that i would too 90s audience Ooh. And now if you'll excuse me. And she walks over to where the Herald and the band have been playing. Uh, she says a few words to the Herald, who after about 30 seconds, finishes, or at least stops. And the band plays a little bit for another minute or two, and then they stop. And the sudden silence in this room after four hours of, of fairly loud, -da 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 -da, <laughs> and this droning... Uh, Harold, it's a little stark and everyone grows quiet. Even the, the buffet revelers, even some of the people who've gone through the buffet maybe more times than they really should, even they grow quiet at the sudden quiet. And Olivia takes the place in front of the band and in a very loud voice, but um, awkwardly, like she's, she's uncomfortable doing this. It's very obvious, but she says, the sun is setting at this moment on the eve of the Moonfest, I've paused the not-so-traditional blood song to address my ancestors directly. My beloved father, Riley Yah Passerak, is he's the one who actually gives the speeches. But he isn't here. He is in Neverwinter. And my mother deserves words from a loved one from a loved one who is here. Dahlia Ryan Passerak was the fiercest warrior that I have ever known. 
She led the rebels through the high po forest to drive off the Slod swarm. When the Ralvin River swarmed with death eels, she united the clans to create the blockade that saved Silvery Moon. She killed a full squad of assassins from the Agents of the Eye before they could reach Lord Commodore Shadowfury and his orphanage fundraiser. And in her final battle, in her final battle, she defended the refugees of Cheektowaga from the White Dragon Zavarth and her brood. It was her heart that drove her into battle to protect those who could not, and shone through in every swing of her blade. That same heart would betray her. Before dying, Zavarth drove my mother's warhorse into a fearful frenzy. Delilah Ryan Passerak, too wounded to dodge, was faced with killing her own horse to save her life, and as was typical of my mother, she chose to sacrifice herself instead. I will never have the heart my mother had, but I... But to make her proud, I will try. May she live in the blood song. As she says this, there is a general murmur throughout the the crowd, murmur, and murmur, everyone murmur, kind of murmur, repeats. Murmur. They repeat in reverence, "May she live in the blood song." Murmur, oh yeah, blood song. I, 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 my mouth nice. audibly, "May she live in the blood song." She takes a moment and recomposes herself and says, "You are guests in my house. You have listened to my blood song, thanks to the herald." But if there is any that you would remember in this moment, I would invite you to share your story. I uh, take a moment, compose myself, and I would be like, Lady Olivia, if I may, I would like to take this moment to honor thy mother and my father, who bravely gave their life so that I may live when protecting the village of South Crypt from the marauding orcs of the uh, Sword Mountains. So... May the blood song of Samin and Zorn live forever. And you hear the gathered say, may they live in the blood song. May they live in the blood song. There's a pause. Uh, Lady Pasarak, if I may. And uh, by this time, Jonathan the Magimuscular is, 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 has gone from happy drunk to, to exuberant drunk, and now he's somber drunk. I don't talk about my past a lot. So, talking about it now here is a little strange. Uh, I won't go too far into it, but I was actually born on the Moonshale Isles. Care Calendir, if uh, specifically. I had a friend there. Uh, he was my best friend. His name was Scotty. Scotty Fletcher. And uh, I, last time I saw him, we got, we got into a... Um, um, we got into a, a, a scrape in the, on the harbors. Um, we rescued a little tiefling girl from some bullies. And, uh, the next day I moved to Neverwinter to, to, uh, to take, take my place at the Neverwinter Academy of the Arcane Arts. Um, I kept in touch with Scotty. We promised we would keep in touch. And he, he, he took to the sails. He, he, he couldn't stay away from the sea. And, um, he, he was, uh, he was a fine, or he would have been a fine officer. Uh, he, his ship was lost when he was a midshipman and, uh, uh, they never heard from him again. Uh, so for the blood song, my lost friend, Scotty. May he live in the blood song. May he live in the blood song. You hear a, a small voice in the back of the hall. <clears throat> 
And Joster Tealeaf speaks up and he says, My sister Daruna. May she live in the blood song. Everyone's a little taken aback by the bre- brevity of this statement, but they all, may she live in the blood song. May she live in the blood song. May she live in the blood song. There's another long moment. As nobody else speaks up, Lady Pastorak nods and says, Thank you for coming and sharing our history. And please enjoy. And as she kind of awkwardly points to the rest of the buffet and nods, you hear people starting to talk again. The band strikes back up. She turns to speak back with the Herald of Faerun. And as you gather yourself coming to the end of this evening and the end of the Feast of the Moon, we'll pause there. And next time, uh, it will be the next morning. And so between now and then, I'd like you all to to get ready to tell me what you're going to do, what your characters would like to do between the end of the evening and tomorrow morning, if there's anything in specific. But let me give you some experience for tonight, because that was super cool. If there are any noble beds to get broken, please let Ovo know. I was thinking more if there's any, uh, you know, halflings who need to be chatted with about setting up a time to learn about lockpicking. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or or if there were any more spell slots that need to be taken up for Doreen, you know, because sexting in the middle of a party. <laughs> which I will give experience to both of those things for, for parties for drunk sexting and which wasn't really sexting. Drunk drunk texting for an interesting chat with with Joster for <laughs> an innovative and frankly amazing answer to what the hell do we do about a too loud band that and was fucking a, a stuck incredible. up yeah. that was seriously yeah. impressive yes thanks for managing to feed blue despite the fact that that was going to be really hard and then taking care of the people who got too crazy i'm going to give you all a total of 3250 experience to split between the four of you. And next time it will be the next morning. We will finally have made it out of Uktar. Uh, it will be the f- the morning of Nighttail, the last month of the year. Woo! Next time when we get together, you can tell me what you plan on doing between then and now, and then uh, we'll see what happens in a new month. Next time! On Dungeon Drugs. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons and extend a special thanks to our artifact and wondrous tier patrons. Thank you, Megan, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.